Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And welcome to an episode of FA I'm doing a podcast. I'm Curtis, Wakanda's variant MC Grief Counselor. And it is Saturday. The last night before my off day, which is always something to be proud of. Uh, I kind of want to uh, discuss a few things. It's been it's been crazy. The weather has been hot as fuck, and it's kind of wild to open up the door or come outside and find fog on your window or mist on your window. That shows that uh, a sign that. Winter is uh, up almost of honest, y'all. And I can't get on it. I don't. I love it. Yesterday was kind of downbeat, morose, and I apologize for that. I just wasn't feeling it. I was wore out. I didn't get to sleep until one because of a bunch of stuff that I still have to take care of uh, when I get home involving my dad's car and finally making it officially Texas made here but I just thought I'd jump on and say some kind words and talk about a few things Yesterday was my 10-year anniversary on social media. How wild is that? 10 years. 10 years on social media. And all I've got to show is this cantankerous attitude and... vibe that I have but 10 years 10 years with Twitter it's crazy when I first got on Twitter I didn't know anything about it didn't know what it was Uh, I think I jumped on and my first tweet was something silly or snarky I don't know if you happen to find my first tweet post it and I'll screenshot it or something but uh, I think my first tweet was basically about uh, a horror movie or a movie or a wrestling post and then uh, I discovered that there was people who were in the horror movies too and liked them and talked about them. I met a few people. I met uh, a few people that became the Horror Honeys podcast when it was still around. That takes your way back. Uh, I met Miranda during that time, and Tara during that time, and Jeannie around that time. I think within a year or two or so after that. But I 
jumped on and made some friends. Uh, Pete, Isaac's uh, haunted beard, and I got to see lots of posts about movies and stuff. And we joked around and kikied and haha about bullshit. I found a place where people had my same kind of twisted sense of humor with some dirty talking and sexual window windows. And it was all kinds of cool. It was all it was fun. I loved it. I almost had a miniature. Uh, not heart attack, but per se not serious like that but uh, a moment in my tweeting when I started thinking oh my god what happened someone had tweeted something about the location of my uh, wife and I went what it was after I said something that really wasn't bad at all and I was like, what the fuck? And I like freaked out. I think I was working during the mid-shift. And my wife happened to call almost at the same time. And I jumped on. And she was like, oh, I just want to know how you're doing. And I'm like, oh, no, it's going okay. When I realized it was bullshit, I came back with something. Like motherfucker or something like that. And... After that, I said some wild shit while I was drunk, of course, and none of that bullshit was going on, and so it was back to being a party again. I love Twitter. I well, let me phrase that, y'all. I loved Twitter. Twitter back then was the was fun. It really was. You had your misogynist and pervs with the dick pits, with the dick pics, and. Uh, bullshit when you're standing by somebody like oh she's not gonna fuck you some shit like that that someone would say uh, I met the twisted twins during that time Jen the Selska twins I wanna say twisted the Selska, the Selska twins Jen and Sylvia and they're, they're fucking awesome and I got to follow them and their interactions as they rose into being, being recognized in the horror game I met Harrison Smith. Well, not met Harrison Smith. I would love to. I met, uh, I interacted with Harrison Smith. Occasionally. I still do to this day. And we talked about, well, I listened to his podcast and discussed it. And talked about movies and his feelings on Halloween 2. And, and how I love it, but he hates it. And reasons why, very valid reasons why. And... His reasons for Jaws, the revenge, and that story. And he really put a lot of stuff in perspective for me when it comes to Jaws, the sequels. Um, I really enjoy talking to him because he's great. He's awesome. Uh, I got to interact with Julian Emery uh, as she was slowly rising after uh, Hitched and suddenly she's on Fargo and I got to see that, and next thing you know, she's doing Preacher, and next thing you know, I mean, she's amazing, she's fucking amazing, and she jumped off Twitter after Elo got a hold of it, and started musking up the place, 
but a lot of us stayed. And I can understand why she jumped away from it. I don't blame her. I found a blue sky and, uh, and that's awesome now too. But over the years, I've met a lot of different people. Some celebrities, some just common, regular folk. Uh, Kara, the AZ Power Girl, who's fucking awesome and amazing. And I haven't seen a lot of posts from her, and I'm like going, what's going on? And But she's still posting, because I see her on Instagram, you know, and stuff like that. So cool. Um, there's, there's been good and there's been bad interactions with everybody. Not a lot of bad interactions. I love a lot of people. There's people who I don't see often. Like, I don't know if they quit Twitter because of Elon or if they just got tired of the bullshit. Or just mentally, they just didn't want to tweet or be around that kind of shit. And that's understandable. It's highly understandable. I mean, I was was in grief and depression, but I was hanging on by a thread. But I was still on Twitter. uh, Hanging out and talking shit. Talking shit till I die, y'all. I will. I'll talk shit until I die. Uh, but we all were together in so many ways. We were together as a horror movie community. We were together as a politically minded community more than ever. We've been through shit, y'all. Politically, this is for the political folks. We have been through some shit. We had to deal with what happened in 2016 and the fallout and a lot of shit going on. And we kept wondering. And a lot of those MAGA people saying, fuck around and find out. But how the tables turn when suddenly MAGA politicians are fucking around and finding out in various ways. Some stroking around and finding out uh, real quick, as I'm gushing about Twitter and my love for Twitter, and 10 years, y'all, 10 years in the game, uh, Lauren Boward, who is a mildly attractive woman, I'm not going to lie, she she is, she is. If I'd have saw her in 02 at a bar in Timbuktu, in Ardmore or something like that, I'd be like, hey, she's kind of hot. Because she was Ardmore levels of hotness, you know. Uh, and, but she wouldn't, she would start talking. And I would have realized, oh, she's racist as fuck. Oh, shit. She's not that smart either. Oh, shit. She's a, she's a dumpster fire personality. Oh, my God. And we've all been there. But she was at the theater with her uh, new uh, single status and with her new Democratic man, oddly enough. And she got caught vaping. And that's what the first part of the story was. The moment the story jumped off, she was escorted out for vaping. I was like... She's kind of loud and mouthy. Not Marjorie Taylor loud on the same levels, but there's a pale and trashiness to her. There had to be something else going on. 
And sure enough, there fucking was. After seeing the faraway shots of vaping, and I really didn't care to look or anything like that, a day or two went by, and all of a sudden I was hearing other shit coming out from people. And next thing you know, we find out. And next, oh, before all that, there was a video of her in the tight dress walking by uh, the cameras and leaving the the hallway of the theater. And she was adjusting her top. And I was like, golly. I mean, she's like really digging in there and lifting it up like, god damn. How low was it? And then we find out how low it was and why. Because her boyfriend, while she was doing the two-handed dilly dilly whopper on his tally whacker, he was bouncing bowling balls and trying to see if he can see through them. You know, shining them up and everything. And there's nothing wrong with some affection and PDA in a theater. We've all been there publicly. Uh, we, we have. We have all been there publicly. We've had sex in a hotel pool. Or we've attempted to. And then my scary ass, of course. We've uh, broken a few couches in our fun We've maybe fucked around in the Applebee's parking lot or behind a club or at your parents' house in the guest bedroom or at a party in the supposed coat room. But this isn't about me. This isn't about me, y'all. This isn't about me. This is about Sexual freedom, doing what you want to do, and you can't blame a person for doing that. I'm not mad at her for doing that. I am, though, a little mad at the fact that she did all that with not one spat of the hand or a quick, you know, gob of some lotion or something. She's like, going to work on his dry penis. I mean, god damn. That's gotta hurt. Two-headed or not. Jeez, you're like. But anyway, they got kicked out, and it wasn't just for vaping. It was that bullshit. And she did the apology and all that shit two days later after trying to figure out how she was gonna say it. And probably Trying not to punch Marjorie Taylor Greene in the face for laughing at her the moment she came to work that day. But uh, she's now fucking around to find out. And of course, there won't be any penalties for her. She doesn't deserve any penalties for this. She doesn't. She does deserve to be ousted from her position. And hopefully. Her voters will see the video and realize she does not care about the people. At least she doesn't care about all the people. She did put her hands to helping at least one person out, so to speak. But my Twitter 
tenure has been a whirlwind. I made some great friends. I've interacted with a lot of people. I fleeted. We've all fleeted. I've drunk fleeted. I've drunk tweeted. I miss getting drunk tweeted. I miss getting fucked up and drunk tweeting. Oh, I really do. I really do. But I've been taking it easy because of kidney disease and whatnot and not really going at it, going hard. But, man. But my doctor hasn't said anything like that to avoid it, so I should be all game, right? No, I'm taking it easy. But here we are. And it's just, it's, it's, I, I, I hate Twitter. I hate what Twitter's become. I hate the fact that I can tweet out something like I usually used to do and never get any response, really. Maybe one response from someone who has me on notifications, maybe. Or that's it. Maybe one or two responses. And that's it. I'm like, you know, I worked real hard on this comedy bit. Yeah, it's a little true, but I worked real hard on it. It's kind of like my podcast. I'm speaking out into the echo chamber. And maybe one of y'all listening. But that's it. But at least that one person enjoys my work. But then... Uh, last year, uh, early last year, when we drove up to Oklahoma to take care of some things and visit my dad while he was hospital, I, uh, met my, uh, cousin, uh, longtime best friend, Gerald, who, uh, commented, you're doing good things with the podcast. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, you listen to it? When? Because... I look at reviews and I never see anybody responding to my shit. But apparently, it's getting there. That one view might be three or four people. And that one view might be people all listening at the same time or whatever. I don't know how it works. I really don't. I don't know why I bother to look at it. But I enjoy podcasting and so I'm going to keep doing it until maybe... Maybe more people will listen. I believe, I almost believe the end of the world is going to come. And I'm going to be on my podcast doing my thing. And the next day when I go check it, when everything's getting ready to go tits up, I get one play. Well, at least I got one play. Boom. Cue the... Uh blowing up with the entire planet look up style don't look up style but here we are dealing with this and but anyway my twitter anniversary it's great 10 years y'all 10 years I almost deserve uh well I'm not gonna talk about what I deserve but I probably deserve that too. You never know. But anyway, I've uh, been having a great day. I'm going to take care of some work and business and then eventually get some sleep and then get up for one more night. 
this work week has been kind of tame. I haven't been working late over going over. Uh, kind of missed that a little bit. I was hoping today I was going to get called to go over or stay over. But that didn't happen. Mine over overnight team uh, is kind of, it's all over the place. One minute I think that they don't want me to work. And next minute they want me to work. It's It's crazy. And instead of uh, working, I'm heading home. And then I'm going to head back out. And take care of some stuff for a little bit. Hopefully, yesterday, I went to go get insurance on, uh, get my car, make my dad's truck certified. And went off to go do that. And there wasn't a place, there was one place that does inspections. I'm driving my dad's big ass truck around, which by the way, I've got to figure out how to drive. I don't, I'm not great at driving a big truck. I'm not used to it. I've got to get used to it because that's my dad's truck. And apparently we're going to put the Jeep away and I'm going to be driving the truck now, which is great. But it's weird because I went to go do it and they, they said, hey, you're, everything was going great, but I can't, I can't pass you the inspection because of the tent and he talked about the tent on the front and I'm like I'm thinking my dad's been driving this fucking truck for six or seven years and since 2014 and suddenly this is a problem why and I just think it's it's towns and how they view certain things but hopefully one of these in Lake City is going to uh, be able to inspect it and not call each other after failing the inspection and going, well, don't let that guy get through. Yeah, great. Now, that's what I think anyway. I, I shouldn't think that uh, I shouldn't think so downbeat, so down on my people, or no, so down on my uh, humanity. But I do. I do. I fucking do. One person who doesn't think down of humanity, and I'm going to tell a story, uh, my daughter. My daughter, my night daughter, nine, she's amazing. She takes care of her four-year-old sister and her seven-year-old chihuahua dog. And she's just brave, amazing, and strong. She's had to put up with bullies ever since first grade. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe bullies see someone better than them, stronger than them mentally and physically, and they're intimidated. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe their parents didn't raise them right. And maybe their parents need to stop sucking Donald Trump's dick long enough to raise a kid. You know, that might help. Maybe. But... She's been having trouble with a bully who called her racist, who said some racist shit. She had it confused. She's embarrassed. She didn't go to me about it. She went to her mom about it. And she didn't want to go to her mom about it because she's embarrassed by even talking about it. My daughter doesn't 
My daughter has never experienced racism on this level. I hate to hear or think what she could hear because people are ugly. Kids can be so cruel and ugly. I remember the first time I was called a nigger in front of everyone publicly and I was in third grade and there was a bunch of kids predominantly white kids playing on a uh, this we had this weird grate there's this weird grater grate and there was these bars and these kids were on the bar you go on the bars and we just and they were just hanging on the bars and I thought oh cool I'll do that so I went over there and this girl that was in my class said, Curtis, you can't get over there and do that. And I said, why? You're a nigger. And I stopped, paused, and just kind of looked shocked. And everyone around her did. And I just walked away. I walked away... shocked that she said it and another thing just mortified I didn't know how to react to it was third grade but I remember that so much in fact that years later I would be in high school Uh, I think no I think it was uh, I think it was high school or 20 year reunion Two-year reunion, I think it was, Paul. And this girl, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to say her name. Uh, she, we were like, hey, we're graduating. And she talked about the past. And she immediately apologized. And I apologized. And I gave her because she didn't know what she was doing she didn't she was being raised to say this and act like this and honestly me and her have been great friends over the years and I have not had a bad word to say about her not one but my daughter dealing with this is I hate that I can't be here to help her say some encouraging words and pull it through because she's embarrassed by it all. I don't want her to not trust her mom because I'm afraid that she can't trust her mom. So I just left her alone. But she wrote the girl back and told the girl that she was ugly and that she's not going to be her friend anymore. You said mean things that hurt her. And the girl apologized and said, and this is the words that she said. And she was feeling angry. I think it was something like that. Some some it was some kind of bullshit. You know, like Rose like Roseanne would say, Oh, I was taking my meds or something. But her parents 
and grandparents raise these kids to be this way. No kid is raised to be a fucking racist. I wasn't raised that way. I love everyone. I really do. My mom didn't raise me to judge a person by the color of their skin. Judge them by the content of the character. And I don't. I have, I'm in an interracial relationship. I have a beautiful wife and kids, beautiful kids. And I have great in-laws who love me like a son. And we don't deal with shit like that. I wasn't raised like that. I was raised to respect people. And that's why I raised my kids to respect people. But it hurts because I don't want her to, and she doesn't, I don't want her to feel that her skin is a problem. She shouldn't feel that way. She should be able to love herself. I I have issues with uh, some in the black community who really kind of talk shit and kind of look down somewhat at interracial people being like oh they're mixed so they don't really know what it's like I mean they constantly you constantly hear that that it's kind of the throwaway and my daughter is not some throwaway she knows who she is and she loves her skin she loves her origins she loves that she has black she has a black dad and she has a white mom she loves that and she shouldn't have to uh, bow her head or apologize for being born fuck all that Fuck that. I don't tell people that are in white relationships or black relationships that, ugh, you don't know. Or you're second class. I don't. She should be able to love her skin and she should be able to love who she is. And she doesn't need some racist twat telling her that she is ugly because of her skin color or her hair is ugly because of what blah 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 she's in dance and she's predominantly around a lot of white people I know that she deals with racism and looks and passive aggressiveness but she is strong and brave and she deals with it she may not understand it sometimes but she deals with it But I, I, I love that she's so brave like that. I do. I love that about her. She's braver than me in a lot of ways. She didn't just turn tail and run. She stood up and at least talked to a person. She didn't go to mom and dad to help her out. She wrote the person a letter and told them how she felt about it. 
because uh, she she's emotionally connected to a lot of things. Soul, soul in some ways. She's my kid. I love her. But yeah, um, this world really has become so ugly. For all the beauty and all the good nature people that are out there, and there are good nature people out there. There are. There's a lot of great people out there. They care, they love, and they fight. I love rallying around my political-minded people because we got to fight like hell for another election to not get overtaken by a crazy nut job who's going to find a way to abolish every law out there in the country. We got to fight like hell. And we got to fight like hell just to keep laws from being obliterated. Because for all those people out there that don't put a whole lot of energy into their politics, they they have to because mentally they they can't deal with all that shit. And I don't blame them. But those that do, we're fighting like hell to make things better, things happen for our world. We have to. This this world can't go to shit. We can't afford it to go into shit. I can't afford it. You can't afford it. We just gotta keep fighting and loving because our lives depend on it. So much more than ever before. It's just, it's what it is. But before I get off my soapbox, I just want to say, I love being on social media and moments, there are good moments and there are bad moments. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Thread, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Blue Sky. Thread, not so much. Instagram, not so much. I've jumped on Blue Sky and played with it a little bit, but it's okay. I just go right back to Twitter. Hopefully, truth will come out involving Musk and all the shit that he's doing and He'll suddenly get bored with dominating our social subconscious airwaves and start trying to fly or something. Space or something. Get involved with space. Like that needs to fucking happen. But I just want to tell you guys that I love all the interactions and memes we, we've been sharing and joking and having love and laughing and loving and having fun. I love that about y'all. You're great. I'm going to take care of some business and hopefully get in some to be time and uh, watch a horror movie or two and then go to bed and get up. I got home stuff to take care of, but I also got to get the truck taken care of and hopefully I can do all that. Hopefully, be 
be in bed hopefully by 11 if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky, maybe. But this has been F and I'm doing a podcast. This is Curtis. And I'm out.